legends, you're listening to the Off-Road Performance Coach Podcast. If you want to be a beast on and off the dirt bike, you have come to the right place. All I ask from you is if you gain some value out of today's episode, please give it a share and tag me on your socials or your Insta story. I'd be super grateful if you'd share the love. Let's get stuck straight into today's episode. Just things for me. Hello, podcast legends. Back on for another Q&A episode. I've been absolutely under the pump the last few weeks. We are getting down to crunch time. The rubber's hitting the road with the GNCC event, which is on in just over seven days now. So I've been burning the candle at both ends is one way to put it. So finally got around to recording this episode, the Q&A. Only a few questions this week, so it'll be nice and short. Mostly a couple of real quick ones at the start and then a couple around kind of around mindset type stuff actually, which uh, some people I would say will get some value out of this one if you're looking for some, I guess, some tips and strategies around or if you feel like you struggle with, with mindset and I guess that sort of mental mental aspect of racing because it is a massive, a massive part of what we do and not just racing but just riding dirt bikes in general. So, before we get into them, kick it off. Actually, someone did send in a question asking me if I'm going to the Mitres Madness Hard Enduro or something. No, definitely not. I think I answered a similar question in one of the other Q and A podcasts. Hard Enduros, not my not my vibe. So, I won't be going to any Hard Enduros. Um, other question that came in was actually a bit of a personal one um, on my journey and was about me shifting careers from being a tradie to becoming a coach and what, like, the, the specific question was, what made me change? What made me change from a tradie to complete career change, becoming a coach, starting a whole new business from scratch? So to answer that question specifically, like what what actually made me change? What was the thing? I guess there's probably two parts to that. And first off, one was that I've always felt like I've just had something else inside of me that I wanted to do. I wasn't ex- exactly sure what that was. I just had this, I guess intuition or this gut feeling or something inside of me that there was something else that I was meant to do in in like my purpose in this world um that wasn't really what made me change though so that's just like to frame it up a little bit like I've always had something there that I knew I felt like there was something more to I guess my life in this world That wasn't actually what made me change though. What made me change was like, honestly, I was really unhappy 
with not where I was, but I was just in general, just unhappy, suffering, had like pretty stressful job, taking that stress on personally. I'm just unhappy with life in general at the end of the day. I thought changing my careers and like moving away from that career and just changing my job would fix that. I was, I thought all I got to do is just change my job and all those problems will go away. I'll be happy. Had to learn that one the hard way. Not how it really worked out. Like Honestly, I completely changed my career and became a coach. Obviously, at the start of that, I was still working like both jobs. I was still working part-time, laboring as a tradie and helping a couple of mates out because my coaching business and, and the gym that I started running obviously wasn't making enough money to support us straight off the bat. It was a side hustle, so I was working two, three jobs for a lot of the time there. So it didn't change. My, in terms of my own personal happiness, didn't change one little bit. It was a very hard lesson that I had to learn I was still unhappy until I learned the lesson that my external world will always reflect my internal being. So even though I changed the external stuff that I thought was causing me unhappiness, I was still unhappy because I hadn't really, at the end of the day, hadn't worked on myself enough internally to get to that point where I was happy. So that was like this whole journey that I had to go through, which took me actually changing careers and becoming a coach and literally took years. So that's why I changed. What made me change was, I guess it was a pursuit of happiness and the actual change of career didn't fix it, didn't make me happy. I had to like go through this whole process, I guess this whole journey of actually working on myself for several years after that of just initially making the change to get to the point where I actually felt happy for where I was in life and and present and grateful for the for that for the present place that I am at right now and and feel like a sense of happiness about that and that's like an ongoing journey to be honest, always an ongoing journey. So that's what I learned out of that process. Honestly, if I went back now, I've said this before, like sort of working, uh, looking back on this the last eight years, if I could go back 10 years in time knowing what I know now, I would have been, I could have been happy. Like, I wouldn't have had to have changed career, but of course, you don't know what you don't know. So, you got to go through the process to get to where to learn the lesson you need to learn to teach you the, the skills, knowledge, and experience that, that you need to learn, right? So, all of those decisions led me to actually figuring that out. So, maybe, maybe you're on a similar journey and you need to change careers to to find happiness i don't know like but that would be my question would be can you find happiness right now without changing careers 
Um, yeah, that's just a little insight to that part of my journey. Um, let's get into the to the couple of questions. They are a little bit more sort of mindset related to the mental side of of riding and racing. The first one we'll go through, which kind of builds into the into the second one was the question was how to increase your flow state speed in a cross-country race so i'm assuming this like what the person who asked this question what he's talking about is just that speed that you can maintain for two three hours in a cross-country race so it's not like outright sprint speed uh but it's the speed that you feel like like when you start a cross-country race like for two or three hours that you feel like you can maintain that so how can we increase that how can we increase that speed that we can maintain because that that's what flow state is right flow state when you get into flow state you should like at least you should if you're fully in that flow state where you're fully present and focused on the feeling of the tires on the ground like you're not actually thinking about fatigue you're not thinking about fuck i'm tired or fuck my arms are hurting or my legs are burning or whatever it is because you're so focused on the present moment that nothing else matters it takes your all of that just dissolves so that's the goal which like that's the goal right as for an endurance athlete is to get into that flow state because once we get there, we should feel like, even if our fitness is a little bit lacking, we should feel like we could write, like, if you've ever got to that level of feeling like fully in the flow state, you will know that, like, the race probably feels like it went for half an hour. Like, you could race a three-hour race and be in, like, fully in the flow state, and you're like, fuck, it felt like I was only out there for half an hour. Like, I could have, when he put the checkered flag out, I could have done another lap, like, didn't didn't even feel tired so there's two parts to this one is like the lowest hanging fruits just like if you want to be able to improve increase the speed that you can maintain the lowest hanging fruit for most people is just getting fitter getting improving our strength our cardio our overall fitness so then we can maintain a higher speed at a lower physic lower level of physical intensity that's the whole point of training off the bike is to improve uh, those physical qualities to bring them up so we can maintain higher out higher speed on the bike without it feeling as intense right so that's going to be like the lowest hanging fruit for most people and then i would say from the mindset side of it is actually having a process to follow to allow yourself to actually get into that flow state because if you're getting, like, obviously we need to tick that fitness box first, like, but if you're getting to a point where you've got like an hour or half an hour to go in a race and you're, all you're thinking about is how, like, my arms are aching or my low back's aching or my quads are burning or whatever it is, then you're not in flow state, right? Your focus isn't on riding the dirt bike. Your focus is on how sore are my legs or how sore are my arms. And you're not going to be able to ride the dirt bike at your fullest, truest potential when you're thinking about how sore your legs are. So we've got to have a process to follow. So the most simplest one, and I've spoken about it a few times, 
is our breathing. So we can always, our breath is always right here, right now in this present moment. Can't be in the future, can't be in the past. So focusing on our breathing while we're riding, super easy skill you can practice and super easy thing that will bring you in to the moment. It will also just make sure that you're actually breathing all the time especially at the start of a race. Like, honestly, I truly believe that's why lots of people pump up at the start of the race um, or can't maintain intensity at the start of the race because when everyone's going full noise at the start and banging bars and rubbing elbows, you forget to breathe. And everyone knows what happens when we forget to breathe, right? The body's not going to be able to work how it's designed to work when there's no oxygen coming in. So we need to be supplying as much oxygen as possible into the body at all times so it can function the way it's designed to function. The side benefit of that is being aware of our breathing is it keeps us in the moment. We all, the only, as far into the future as we need to be thinking is the next obstacle on the track. That is it. Whether that's a corner, a log, a rock, a jump, when we come out of a corner, we focus on that next obstacle that's as far into the future as we need to be thinking. Everything else is, what are my tires doing? How much grip have I got? That is, we're focused on that feeling. So the feeling of the grip, the feeling of the bike, how the feedback that it's giving us, the inputs we need to give it to keep it stable, keep the wheels on the ground, in a forward trajectory as fast as we possibly can. Like that's essentially it. So we can practice breathing and we can practice feeling. So when we're training, like doing drills on the bike that actually where we're practicing feeling what the tires are doing, whether that's doing no rear brake drills or no clutch drills or whatever that might be, when you practice drills like that, you become more aware, more in tune with what your tires are doing and what that grip level is doing because you're challenging yourself to ride maybe faster or maybe slower without one of the controls, without any brakes. Maybe you're going to do no brake motos and try and maintain as much flow as you can around a track without touching the brakes. Or maybe you're just going to use one brake. Whatever that looks like, what that does, it teaches you, it gives you more awareness with that feeling. So... They're two things we can practice. We can practice our breathing and we can practice feeling what the tires are doing on the ground. And then also feeling the inputs. Like we need to know what the inputs are that to give the bike. Like if we want to rail a rut, what do we need to do? If you don't know what those inputs are, it's going to be very hard to feel what you need to do. You're just going to be sort of winging it. So where do our feet need to be on the foot pegs? Where are we squeezing the bike? When we want it to turn around a rut, what are we doing with our outside leg against the tank? What are we doing with the inside leg against the shroud? Like, how are we actually getting the bike to turn? If we don't know what those, what that's meant to feel like, then it's very hard for us to actually practice it. Practice it in training, let alone replicate it at race speed when everything's happening at a million miles an hour. So, again, they're just two things we can practice. We can always practice being aware of our breathing and we can practice feeling the bike, feeling what it feels like for the tires to be gripping, to be sliding, etc. Then, so that like those two things, the breathing, the feeling, they're going to keep us 
in as close as possible to that present moment, which is where we want to be. We want to be on the track with the dirt bike. Then I'm a big fan of having a power phrase. So there's going, there will be some point in, in a cross-country race where you start to feel, especially if you're not in flow state, how, that you start to feel fatigued. Maybe the legs are burning, the low back's burning, the, the arms are burning, whatever it is. If we focus on those things, again, it's just taking us further and further away from the present moment and further and further away from the flow state. So you want to have a power phrase that allows you to overcome those negative thoughts, allows you to overcome the pain and allows you to focus on the feelings that you want to feel to be in flow state. So whatever that is for you. It's not for me to tell you. You, It's got to be your own language. But even just a I am one word, whatever it is. Or it could be three words that describe those feelings that you want to feel to be in flow state. And then every single time you feel yourself wander a tiny bit, you catch yourself. Again, just takes awareness and repeat your power phrase to yourself. So obviously, they're skills. Skills you can practice in training and implement them in the race situation. So the next question, which is this one kind of feeds into with that that sort of, I guess that practicing that skill of being present. This question was about how to mentally overcome an injury when you start racing again. So this is a really good question. And it, like what I just spoke about there, like aiming to find that flow state and practicing those skills that allow us to find that flow state. There, like I say, that is a skill, right? It's a skill to be able to focus in the present moment. And that's really, like when you really break it down, if we can do that, then we're going to be able to ride the dirt bike at our true potential. Now, the opposite of that is when we're experiencing fear. Like fear is just one thing, right? Fear or anxiety or whatever it might be. But fear, obviously, if you're overcoming an injury and and that that fear of hurting yourself or that fear of crashing is there, it's going to be extremely hard to find flow state. It's going to be extremely hard to focus on actually riding the dirt bike at our true potential. So fear has no place on the dirt bike, right? Like, we all know that how dangerous riding a dirt bike is, but we've all done it since we were kids. So it's not that dangerous for us, right? So if we're thinking about how dangerous it is, like we should literally put the bike back on the trailer and go and pack it up. Because one, it's not safe. Two, you're probably not going to enjoy it either. Like you're not enjoying riding a dirt bike that much when you're thinking about crashing or you're scared of hurting yourself, right? So it's really no place for fear. So the whole idea of overcoming an injury, I would say firstly, if you are struggling to mentally overcome an injury, personally what that tells me is subconsciously you don't feel physically ready. So 
how do we fix that? We simply like how we fix any sort of, I guess, mindset or mental issue like that is we just got to prove to ourselves that we are ready through our actions. That's where my mind goes when when someone sort of says that they're still scared about an injury. It tells me that they probably, whether they have or they haven't, they feel like they haven't actually done enough work to get to the point where they are ready to race again. Because you think about when you're, if you're the version of you who's the fittest they've ever been, the strongest they've ever been in their life you're going to have the utmost confidence and the utmost level of self-belief within yourself to get on that dirt bike and ride it as fast as you can. If you're not sure, if your fitness is not quite where it needs to be or you feel like your strength is not quite where it needs to be, then you're going to struggle. To you, that Our subconscious mind knows that, right? So it's... You can definitely overcome it, but you've got to be really mentally strong to be able to block that out and push through that and and perform. Some people can do that. Lots of people can't. So again, to, like, to answer your question of how do I mentally overcome it, my advice would be really looking at the work you're doing off the bike and is it providing the building blocks that are going to allow you to build that confidence and build that that self-belief in your physical conditioning so there's no question there's no question when you get back on the bike so what that looks like like i'm just going to run through a couple of things who that are just like non-negotiables for me when i'm when i'm helping a rider rehab an injury and just to be clear like this is not just my opinion. Like I've had two guys now like Bryson and Stu who have come back from knee surgery and in both cases they came back, won their first GNCC. Bryson went on to win the championship. Stu didn't quite win the championship but he became like a genuine title threat and that was off the back of two serious serious injuries and knee surgeries so there's some validity to my opinion i believe personally these are some of the non-negotiables if you're rehabbing an injury at the minimum it's three days a week in the gym three to five threes on the low end no cardio over 45 to 60 minutes that kind of ties into the next one, which is we want to be in a slight calor- calorie surplus. So not a massive one, just a slight one, around about 10%. Now, the reason for that and the no cardio over 45 to 60 minutes is when we have had a serious injury, the body has to, we have to place the body into a state of growth. The body is healing, whether that's a bone, tendon, a ligament, whatever it might be. The body is literally regrowing that part of the body to be strong again. That is the whole process of overcoming an injury, right? So 
if we're placing the body into a catabolic state, which means we're depleting it of energy from long duration or too high an intensity exercise, and also going into a, a deficit of energy from the food we're taking in, the body can't. That's catabolic for the body. We want to be in an anabolic state. So we want to be providing the body with a stimulus that is going to allow it to grow. Doing like long duration cycling or even if it's only zone two, like I'm all for maintaining cardio fitness when you're injured and you can definitely do a lot of it, but you don't want to be doing it over 60 minutes at a time in my humble opinion and I don't program it any longer than that for clients especially when they are overcoming a serious injury so the reason for that is they can eat before it and they can eat after it and it's only 60 minutes and it'll only be low intensity so they're not fully depleting themselves and placing that stress on the body and we can keep the nutrients coming in steadily across the day so that's going to provide that environment like we're talking about that is just a little bit more anabolic and a little bit more conducive to growth, which that's what we want. We want growth. We don't want we don't want a catabolic environment. We don't want the body to be breaking down. We want it to be growing. So again, slight caloric, like I said, I'm not talking about a massive calorie surplus we're talking about 10 percent, but the difference between a 10 percent surplus and a 10 percent deficit is 20 percent so being in a 10 percent deficit compared to a 10 percent surplus is 20 percent. you add up a 20 percent calorie deficit for weeks and months when you're trying to rehab an injury that's a lot that's a lot of nutrients that the body could be using to grow stronger and build better quality connective tissue bones bone density etc so 10 percent caloric surplus two grams of protein per kilo of body weight bare minimum that's on the low end ideally we want it to be a little bit more if possible so they're just some like like i say they're just a few non-negotiables that you can think about within your training that are going to allow you again to Prove to yourself that you are ready through your actions. I also believe that lifting heavy weights is an integral part to rebuilding that mental resilience to be able to race again. The difference between, so you're going to do 10, oh, sorry, 20, 20 goblet squats, even with a 20 kilo dumbbell, you're going to do 20 reps of a goblet squat with a 20 kilo dumbbell. Sure, it might be like it might be a little bit challenging when you time you get to those last two or three reps at 20 reps, your quads might be burning a little bit. But the level of focus, the level of intent to do 20 reps with a 20 kilo goblet squat compared to doing three reps and a back squat or three reps on a deadlift or an RDL, the level of intent the level of focus and the level of belief that you have to have in yourself when you're going to sink a squat 
at 120 kilos instead of 20 kilos, not saying you have to get to 120, but just to use that example, that level of mental focus and belief within yourself is not even comparable. They're not even on the same wavelength. So I'm a firm believer that training lower reps with heavier loads, like I say, don't have to hit any particular number or you don't have to be, we're not trying to be a power lifter here, but we're training lower rep ranges in that three to six range and using a load that we feel comfortable to use that maybe on the last rep we've got like two or three reps left in the tank. So that weight is going to be way heavier than a 20 kilo or a 20 rep goblet squat, as an example. So I am a very firm believer that the mental side of that is integral to building that belief within ourselves. So when we do come back onto the bike, we're like, like I said, that that our subconscious is ready. There's all we've got is belief. There's no question that we are 100% ready to fucking go because we know we've done the work. Like I say, three to five days a week, week after week, month after month. And we've built that. Not only have we built the quality of the connective tissue from the stimulus we've given it and the nutrients we've given it from being in a slight calorie surplus, but the mental aspect that we have to bring the focus and the intent that we have to bring and the self-belief we have to bring when we use a heavier load is incomparable, in my humble opinion, to using lighter loads for 20 or 25 reps. There's just not even... Anyone who's listening to this who's who has lifted somewhat heavy weights for low reps, you will know exactly what I'm talking about. Like, there's just no comparison. So, again, I, I just can't overstate how important that part of the process is in in my opinion. So then we come to what we just spoke about in the answer to that last question and then we come to the mental side of it. So all of those habits, those actions that we're going to take with our training are providing the building blocks for us to have that level of self-confidence and that level of self-belief within ourselves. So if we still feel like that there's some lingering, I guess, that that feeling or there's something going on mentally there around the injury, some simple tools like we just spoke about are breath work, visualization of positive outcomes because out like we're pre-programmed to focus on the negative, like 95% of our our subconscious mind is 95% of our past and most of what we focus on from our past is the negative. So we're, it's very easy to go down that road of, especially when you're injured and you can't ride, you can't train to the level that you potentially normally could or want to. It's very easy to go down that road of, of a negative rabbit hole of, I'm done, I can't do it blah, 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 all the rest of it. So we want to, that's not, again, if if the goal is to come back and win, that's not the place we want to go, right? We want to be focused on positive thoughts, positive feelings, positive outcomes. 
So again, it's just a skill that we can practice. So we can practice breath work. We can practice visualizing positive outcomes. And we can focus our thoughts and feelings on those those positive outcomes. But at the end of the day, what allows us, what solidifies that, it's the actions. Are we backing that? You can't just visualize yourself or positive affirmation yourself to mental toughness. You've got to do, you've got to prove to yourself that you're capable with those actions. And again, that comes down to our training. So there's a bit to unpack there, but that's, I hope that gives you some value um, if, if you are struggling to overcome an injury. Like I said, my first port of call would be looking at what you're actually doing or what you have done off the bike um, and, and you also your nutrition as well. Um, that's like your lowest hanging fruit in, in my opinion to actually to build that, that belief back up and then yeah like if you're getting on the bike and you can't and you're struggling you're still thinking of the injury then again that just tells me that you're not actually ready yet um so without actually applying some of those things like the mindset side of it that could you can obviously try that but your lowest hanging fruit is going to be those actions, those weekly cr- consistency and and consistently completing those weekly actions to to build that confidence back up and to give you that that belief within yourself. So that's it on that one, I think. Um, like I say, they're kind of similar, those two questions. Um, but at the end of the day, like riding dirt bikes, that's, I think like, honestly, that's why most people, that's why they actually love riding dirt bikes so much. And like, like, I shouldn't say they, like we, like I, but I'm totally aware of it is because when you go, like when you have a good ride on your dirt bike, all the worries of the world are gone. Like you're not thinking about fuck i need to pay this bill or fuck i forgot to send that email or what am i going to cook for tea tonight because if you are you're not going to be riding that dirt bike very well and you're probably not going to be having that much fun when we are fully focused in the moment and all we can feel is that grip the tires sliding on the dirt our breath all those other thoughts are gone all the worries in the world are gone and that's why we love it so much is because it brings us into the present moment. And that's just a skill. If you're aware of that, you can practice that skill anytime, anywhere. You don't have to necessarily go for a ride on your dirt bike to achieve that. But if you can practice that skill and then apply those, apply that skill to riding, you're most probably going to feel a massive gain in your riding as well. So hope that helps a few of you. We will, we're actually a fair way into August because I've been a bit slack on getting this episode up. So it's the 10th of August today. So another few weeks and we'll get another one of these Q&A podcasts up. We've got the, the GNCC race next weekend. I'll 
I hope to get a few podcasts recorded actually while I'm over there. I'll have my podcast gear with me. So hopefully I can get a few writer interviews podcasts while I'm there, which would be really cool and get a few of them up over the next couple of weeks. Otherwise, I hope you're all crushing it, enjoying your training, making some gains. I appreciate you all for listening and we will see you on the next episode. Bye-bye.